everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. And I am not cheap. I'm just careful. Actually, you... I mean, we just got back from San Francisco. Did I, I cheap say, out? We stayed no. at the Fairmont, for God's we sake. We did. We uh, feasted our way through San Francisco for five days last week, which is why we weren't here. And you really, um, That's why I'm five pounds you were really heavier. quiet about the money that we were spending, especially because I didn't on want to food. Take any crap. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I do want to say we had a fabulous time in uh, San Francisco. We were there to visit family, but we also really ate our way through the city. We went to places like Zuni Cafe, which is worth every bit of praise it gets, and The Progress, which is excellent. And we checked out King Cow um, and our Tartine. And, of course, we went to the Ferry Building and the Marina at A16. You so sound like a tour guide. I know. Well, I could really, if anybody's, <laughs> going right. to, if anybody's going to San Francisco, call me because I've got places to send you. All right. So how about if we talk about today's show? We can talk Is about Is that okay with show. you? When Absolutely. You're done? All right. I'm done. So if you want to know anything about wine, the person you want to know is Jason Whiteside. Uh, he's a, a, a wine expert. He's a district uh, sales manager with Winebow, which is a big wine importer and distributor. Uh, and he, he any anywhere in Virginia, they can find you, right? So we're going to hear from J- Jason about the politics of wine today because mm-hmm. there's a lot going on there with tariffs, et cetera. You've heard about cool scu- uh, sculpting. The Lex, less uh, sexy moniker is cryo-fat freezing, and we're going to hear about it from two experts. Okay, you are going about this all wrong. No, I'm not. I mean, if cool you want to... sculpting. If you want to move Who that... Who wants it? That jello, that, if you want to get rid of them muffin tops, <laughs> you want to talk to uh, um, uh, med spa owners Marvin and Candace uh, Lytle. I did it right, didn't I? Yes, I'm Brady. God bless me. All right. Okay, next. Everybody remembers and knows Laura Evans uh, when she anchored Fox 5's News at 5. She's now CEO of uh, Laura Evans Media. She's in to talk about a big fundraiser with News Women. Annual. Annual annual fundraiser fundraiser. to fight breast cancer. We're going to hear all about that. Uh, Sabrina Medora is founder and CEO of Unplated. Uh, It's a a, um, a, a podcast that gets into really meaty, meaty issues. And a on newsletter, the food wine right? scene and a newsletter too. It's a website. It's a it's website. A website. You're it's just not a make, podcast. David just makes it up. Don't I'm even, just full of it. He today. just doesn't know. Um, and she's in with uh, Coconut Club's bar manager Chris Chapman. They have an event coming up. You're going to hear all about that. And two old friends of the show are in John Arroyo, uh, who is distillery director with Founding Spirits. That's uh, Farmers Restaurant Group's new uh, uh, distillery. And an old buddy of ours, the King Rum himself. Clyde Davis has joined uh, with John, and they've and and found. I'll say founding farmers because that's really the name that knows. They now have a distillery that is uh, pounding out great products. So okay. we're going to hear about that. First, we're going to go on the phone to Central Farm Markets and talk to our friend Taka Amano. Taka, are you there? Hey, I'm here, David. You are here. How are Hi, you? Good Taka. morning. How are you? So talk very good, very good. We usually have Mitch Berliner on who waxes eloquent about all right. the great produce that's out there, but tell us what you're doing at the markets because you have a very special product. Yes, thank you. So we have a great crowd out here at the market. It's a mild day out here. So I'm Takamano. I have uh, I'm the CEO of the American Shochu Company. Well tell so us we about Soshu, because a lot of people aren't familiar with the Soshu product. 
Right, right. So shochu is the other traditional Japanese spirit, the not sake. Mm-hmm. They sell more shochu in Japan than sake the last 15 years. What happened 15 years ago is that people discovered that they like their cocktail. <laughs> so I'm sampling our cocktails out here. Our cherry blossom is my most popular cocktail. It's uh, shochu and pink lemonade. But what is soshu? So, for, the, for the uninitiated, Taka, explain what mm-hmm. soshu is. Right. So it's a traditional Japanese spirit. It's made, made with, from? in our case, we make it with 100% barley. Mm. Uh, organic barley is what we use. And give organic us a sense of what the water. flavor is. Can you give us a flavor profile? Mm-hmm. So it is, uh, it's barley forward. It is very mild, very smooth. Mm-hmm. We have two kinds. We have Umai Shochu and Roy's Demon. Our Roy's Demon is our 40% alcohol. It's a stronger alcohol product. It is uh, our whiskey drinker shochu. Mm. But so we found out that we are the number one Maryland-made brand in the Montgomery County liquor stores. Oh, congratulations. Last, uh, That's good. Five days. Yeah, thank you. Very exciting. <laughs> That's very good. So today at the market, you're serving actual cocktails. Yep. We are, so we're serving cocktail samples. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, we have bottles uh, available for sale. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, do us a favor. Tell us which market you're at and the others that are open today. Mm-hmm. So we're at the uh, – I am at the Bethesda Central Farm Market, um, right in the parking lot of the Bethesda Elementary School. On Arlington Road. And? Yep. And uh, let's see. So They're open at John Marshall the... High School as well out in uh, Northern Virginia. Am I right? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. All right. Well, everybody go to Central Farm Markets and get your – they've still got tomatoes. They've got everything. And, and go see Taka at uh, Bethesda Elementary. All right? Thank you, you, Taka. Thank you, Taka. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks bye. All right. John and Clyde. So since we were talking about spirits, right, now we've got another spirit. And you are two spirit. Hale and Hardy spirits well met. So uh, tell, first of all, tell us about the distillery because it's relatively new. Well, we've been around since 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, our little distillery is inside one of our locations called Farmers and Distillers on 600 Mass Avenue, Northwest. Um, so we've been trucking along, putting our stuff out there. We brought along Clyde because we need to. We needed a true pro to. You needed somebody our, in shape. Yeah. 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 I yeah. hate Clyde. He's my personal trainer, and he moves all the product out. Right, exactly. Well, lifting those boxes, right? Yeah, we're moving a lot of cases right now. Um, John recruited me in 2019 mm-hmm. to help uh, move the brand from an internal company where we're servicing just the farmer's restaurant group to mm-hmm. becoming an external brand. So now Founding Spirits is its own uh, company where John is the the, the, the the managing director of this company and I'm the vice president of sales. So we're just... Okay, growing. we just had to get those titles in yeah, there. I have to get, I mean, we earned them, so that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually so a you part That means you and Mike Pence are both vice presidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, but, John, let me ask you a question, because as a mixologist for so long and working behind the bar, what made you decide to want to distill your own spirits? Were they just, they weren't good enough for you? Why not? Okay. I mean, like, just, what else am I going to do? I, my elbows were turning into sawdust is basically what it came down to. Actually... It's the it's kind of part of the ethos of the farm group, generally speaking. Anytime we can go to the source, mm-hmm. we try to. Right. And so we had been partnering with uh, our friends in Virginia Copper Fox Distillery for some time, almost they 10 years. They do great stuff. And uh, at some point, you know, we just decided, well, why don't we just do all of it? Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of segue to, to, to go in there. And the first thing we decided to make is uh, 
the old cliche, vodka pays the bills. So we, um, that was our first product that we launched. And we also uh, just launched our dry gin this year. So we've got a lot going on. But, um, yeah, we're really well, excited. what we'll do is, since we're coming to you throughout the show, we'll sort of feature each product that you want to talk okay. about throughout the show. So what do you guys want to start with? Well, we're going to start with uh, the vodka, with the drink that we have in front of you right now. It's called the Bicycle Kick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of owed to now that soccer season's starting, and it's a, a spring cocktail. We're using uh, Founding Spirits Vodka, uh, lemonade, and iced tea. So it, it's really like a, a take on the Arnold Palmer. Palmer mm-hmm. But we call it the Bicycle Kick because soccer is the new rage here in D.C. for the spring. Right, absolutely. So, so we're cool. excited. Well, Chris Chapman's eyebrows went up, so I guess it's going to be good. (laughs) But I do have to say something. We went on the air in October of 2008, and John Arroyo was one of our first guests. And he was a young guy then. Now you've got a gray in your beard. You're okay. a grizzled old man. Okay, can we move you, on? You make me feel so good. I know. So, <laughs> so, so, so well. the point of going down that road? Yeah, I, I like ask it. you. All right, so let's turn. Let's get off spirits and turn to wine with Jason Whiteside. Um, so, Jason, you and I met a couple of weeks ago, actually, thanks to Jill Erber of Cheese Teak. She brought you into my other show, Industry Jill Night. Jill Erber. Um, and we were talking about sort of the local scene, and you are a big provider of wine to many people in this city, but you have a really good resume. Can we talk about your passion of wine just a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, I took wine school a little too seriously and went through about as far as you can go in the wine education no, I thought you things. meant you drank a lot of wine. I did that, too. That's I, I did a lot of pre-learning in that, in that regard. First of all, let me say spirits before wine, very dangerous. <laughs> Just as a rule? It's made some very okay. serious oh, and then We're going to have a driving <laughs> class after that, so it's going to be fun. Um, so, yeah, so I've, I've taught for the WSET. I've worked with Jay Yeomans, who runs the uh, Capital, Capital wine, wine School, School right here in Friendship mm-hmm. Heights um, for free years. And so a lot of the D.C. and Virginia sommeliers have been my students. So it's great to have that network of of serious wine people in, in, the, in the area. But is there a focus of wine? that like, Is there a region that really turns you on? Is there some place that, in, in what you do with Winebow, is there certain wines that you work with? I work with wines all over the world, which mm-hmm. is uh, the best part about my job. Personally, I drink and collect mostly French wines, mm-hmm. uh, Burgundy, Bordeaux, Are Champagne. Are you a snob, Jason? Oh, yeah, of the highest degree. Snob? It's like I'm a snob, yeah. <laughs> Of the highest order, really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what, let me ask you a question. Let me jump in. I mean, there, you know... So many countries produce wines and, and good wines. There are like Bulgaria and Georgia and all of that. The wines that are lesser known and, and certainly, you know, the distribution is is missing there. Do those wines have a future for sort of global expe- uh, acceptance or is it really always going to be French and Italian and Spanish? And California. And California. Right. Yeah, the emerging markets is a good question if they're going to make it over here or not. There are some that already have. Um, some from Georgia and uh, well, Czech because Republic. there's marketing dollars behind it, and there's actually see, I think part of the key is to have the cuisine of those countries in our country, right? Right. So, um, and, and you're starting to see some of those restaurants popping up in the yeah, area. The and, Georgian restaurant. I mean, here. for example, the Lebanese Taverna Group has changed to an all Lebanese wine list, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a trend that's just happened recently because they've gotten more Lebanese wines to put on their list. Well, that and I mean, so. About 20, or I guess maybe 18 years ago when Jose Andre opened up um, Zatina, you know, he only featured wines from like Greece and Turkey. And I mean, that was really big at the time because you couldn't go in and get a California white. Do you know what I mean? And I think other people are taking notes from that. And we're one of the few wine producing countries that does that at all. Mm -hmm. If you go anywhere else in the world, if you go to Bordeaux, the wine lists are almost exclusively from Bordeaux, South Africa, the same way. It's almost all exclusively locally made wines. So here, and especially on the East Coast, we've got this 
breadth and depth of wine lists that you don't really see. Maybe maybe London is the only other place that you mm. see it in the world. So when I originally booked you to come in on the show, we were talking about tariffs because there were going to be major tariffs on wines. But now that's changed, right? What we thought was going to happen didn't, but we still have some issues. We do have some issues. In September, the World Trade Organization ruled in the USA's favor in a, in a dispute with airplanes, Airbus versus Boeing, basically, right? Okay. Um, and they said that the U.S. was awarded $7.5 billion in damages. And we, it was up to us on how we were going to collect that $7.5 billion in damages. And so very quickly, we, uh, by, by October, we slapped a 25% tariff on some wines from Europe, mm-hmm. especially the countries that are behind Airbus, France, Germany, Spain, and England. Our allies. Yeah, our allies. Um, and, and, and it wasn't all wines. Champagne was exempted, and anything over 14% alcohol was exempted. So that really cut out a lot of Spanish reds, but it really hit France and Germany pretty hard. Interesting. So that's 25% more cost as soon as they land on American shores. The problem with that, of course, is that that money is American dollars that are being spent to offset the award that we right, were given. Right. Right? So it's a, it's uh it's painful for Americans when it's supposed to be painful for the Europeans. So is it fair to call BS on that? I mean, it is painful for the Europeans, right? Uh, I guess what the the hope is that we get all the mm-hmm. French grape farmers to take their pitchforks and march down the Champs Elysees and you know put pressure on their government. Hold on one sec. We have to take a quick break. I hate to cut you off there. Do but... they still have pitchforks? We'll come back to that. <laughs> this is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Beauty and the Beast. You should know about this. We'll be back in just a sec. I just got the point, which means we're back on. Okay. Moving the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. So we're talking to Jason Whiteside uh, of Winebow. And Jason, you were you know talking about the tariffs issue and how that affects American consumers. And actually- So do you think it stops if Americans go into their local wine shop and they normally buy Bordeaux um, and it's 25% more expensive. Do you think that really stops them from buying it? Or, I mean, what do you think the, where does it hurt? How does it I, I happen? I do. The, the, the data shows that every $5 increase in a in a cost of a bottle of wine, the sales drop by half. Wow. Right? So it doesn't take very long to slow down the sales. And and also, the importers were afraid to bring wines across because there was a second wave of, of tariffs threatened. Right. Uh, up to 100%. And there was a 30-day window that was open for public comment by the U.S. Trade Representative's office. And very quickly, the wine industry organized themselves uh, very effectively to petition the government to not do that, that it would have been devastating for importers alike. And just Friday night, we found out that they aren't going to increase the tariffs, but they're going to leave the ones that are there in place. Okay. Right? Um, So So what does that mean for the consumer? Your French, German, and some Spanish wines are going to be – are going to be higher. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the problem with the the situation with the tariffs is that they carousel out some things. There's a lot of cheese. There's German butcher knives. There's all kinds of things on the list of, of items that are being tariffed from the EU. So what you can do is write to your representative and say, please don't increase the tariffs in another six months. because yeah, I really like my cheese. It, a, a lot of European cheese is affected on the list as well. Interesting. Okay. All Thank right. you. All right. So just quickly, tell us what you brought in today. Like, what, what are we – we're ready for spring – what are we getting ready to drink? So one of the biggest discussions amongst wine importers is where would we turn if European wine doubled in price? And one of the one of the most interesting countries to come up was South Africa. So mm-hmm. I brought a Graham Beck Brut Rosé sparkling wine from mm-hmm. South Africa. It's 58% Pinot Noir, 42% Chardonnay. This is what we're drinking now. This is what we're correct? drinking right beautiful. now. It's yummy. Yeah. beautiful color with flavors of red fruits and lime mm-hmm. zest. Um, 
you're going to see a lot of sparkling, probably a lot of pink sparkling wine still in the stores post-Valentine's Day. Sure. Uh, but it's a great wine to use for celebrations at any time. It's going to be great leading into the spring and nice weather when you're drinking outside. And what's the white that you brought in? And the white that I brought in is is a heavyweight from France. It is a white Bordeaux, Chateau Carbonneau. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a style of wines that, that is getting lost, I think, in the, in the newer American palate. Uh, it's a very old style. Probably before wine writers used to talk about fruits and flavors as wine descriptors, they used to talk about it in, in terms of classes. Like, is this meant for the poor? Is this meant for royalty? And, and when you taste I mean, there's this there's a wine, reason why we don't talk about it that way anymore. Right. Well, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not a good way to talk about things. Yeah. But that's how it was because these wines were constructed for the royal families. Mm-hmm. Um, very specifically, Bordeaux, that's what the English royalty liked to drink. So I brought this along to show... That beautiful combination that you really only find in France of richness yet refreshing qualities. Um, so, all right, all right, it's beautiful. Look it at is this beautiful. beautiful yeah. bot- okay. All right, so we tell everybody how to find you and Winebow. Well, that's not the most important thing. I would say if you're looking for for fine wines, uh, you can find Graham Beck at the Three Cheese Teaks in Northern Virginia, at Rodman's in Washington D.C., and at uh, Hop and Grape in Montgomery County. Excellent. The Chateau Carbonneau I brought, you can also find it at uh, Dominion Wine and Beer in Virginia, Calvert Woodley in D.C., and Wine Cellars of Annapolis. Great. Excellent. All thank right. you. Plus the food Thanks. at Cheese Teak is so good. It is delicious. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, Jason. Let's go back to, to John and Clyde for a second. First of all, if I was Arnold Palmer, if I drank one of these, I never would have won the Masters. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'd so, be in the rough. Let me ask you guys. When it came to doing your vodka, what were you like? I know it's the easy spirit to do, but how were you trying to separate it from all the vodkas that are out there right now? I would say, with all due respect, Nikki, it's very difficult to make vodka, mainly because when you really think about it, there's so many commercial vodkas that are very, you know, common to to most people who go in and have a vodka soda at their favorite bar or restaurant. And the official rule of making vodka is that it should be a flavorless agent. So we decided to go the exact opposite route. Mm-hmm. So because we, uh, North Dakota Farmers Union is a big part uh, stake shareholder of Farmers Restaurant Group and Founding Spirits, we brought in North Dakota wheat from... Uh, um, from North Dakota. From North Dakota. Good. Yeah. And then we brought in local grains from Virginia from the same grains that we were using in spirits that we were making ourselves, the rye that we had in our single malt gin, mm-hmm. and made that the mash bill of our um, our vodka. So we, we decided to marry the two families, our, you know, family friends and family farmers from North Dakota and our friends and family farmers from Virginia. And our philosophy was if we're going to go to the source to and the trouble to, you know, work with these farmers that we know by name and their families, why would we try to wash all that flavor out? Mm-hmm. So I'll let Clyde kind of talk you through a little bit of the details. Well, we can't because – because we now we got to so talk just to tell Laura us Evans. what you're But we can drink next. it. Uh, the yeah, next, the next thing we're drinking is also for spring. It's a strawberry gin and tonic using uh, Founding Spirits Dry Gin, which is brand new. We just released a gin three weeks ago. Okay. When we come back to you, we can That's find good. out more about the gin. Good deal. Okay, yummy, great. Yummy. Thank All you right. Guys. So, Laura Evans, you really don't need much of an introduction. <laughs> Anchor on Fox 5 at mm-hmm. 5. Um well-known local news yeah. person, yeah. yes, yes. And now, well-known news and now, personalities in our studio. And now you're driving philanthropy. So um, you, you, you're, you're doing. You're with a, uh, an event called News Bash, yeah. and you're raising but money she's to fight founder, breast cancer. Right? You're the, you are you the founder? Well, one of the founders. So, so how did it come together? So there were a group of us from competing stations. You know, a lot of us are asked to MC events and, and participate okay. in charity events. So you're we, asked to MC events. 
All the time. <laughs> yeah. All the time. <laughs> We're busy. We're busy. Right. Uh, but so it, it was a group of us, Andrea Brown and uh, Leslie Foster and Sine Simpson in the, back in the day, mm-hmm. um, Angie Goff. So we were all participating in an American Heart Association fashion show. And we got to, we had so much fun because we're competing all the time, sure. daily, but got together for lunch and started talking about how we could use our platform for our own thing. And what did we want to focus on? And well, Andrea Roan is kind of the, you know, the maven and in, in news maven in town that had Buddy Check 9 mm-hmm. and breast cancer was her cause. And so we said, let's put together, you know, a cocktail hour. It started, uh, we, we called ourselves the News Babes. I know, you had to change that. <laughs> we've graduated. Uh, yes. And uh, I was But never- at the time, it was fun and it. It elevated what you were doing. It got some attention, yes. right, for sure. Uh, and we just had an annual party, and it's grown. And so now we're not seven women. We are 40 women, and it's not just a you know 50-person cocktail party. It's like a 300-person party. And mm-hmm. we're raising a lot more money. We choose a different charity every single year that is focused on prevention or you know helping a sister who has uh, breast cancer and raising awareness and funding and... Um, so what is the party like this year? Let's give the date first, where it is. Yeah. So um, the News Bash is at uh, the Pearl Street Warehouse on mm-hmm. February 18th. That's this coming That's Tuesday the mm-hmm. at the Wharf. Um, Pearl Street has been wonderful. They've been a sponsor for uh, several years now. Uh, and uh, and so we, and we have several other great sponsors, WSA9, NBC4, Cool Sculpt. <laughs> which we're talking about Cool Sculpt today. Um, and Barry Glassman from Glassman Wealth. And so it's uh, 7 to 9 p.m. And mm-hmm. you can get tickets uh, through Eventbrite. And you can go to our website um, and our uh, different social media handles. So which- how did you pick the charity for this year? So this year it's uh, Stepsisters. And... Uh, Really, it's Andrea Rohn was the one who nominated them, and mm-hmm. we all got together and said, absolutely. You know, there are a lot of organizations that provide a lot of great things with research and support. Um, the stepsisters are unique, and we really always try to choose a very hyper local charity. Sure. So your money is going directly back, there's no overhead, it's going directly back into the charity. So, Stepsisters provides help for patients who are going through breast cancer in a way that no other organization does through gro- providing groceries, providing transportation, babysitting, the little daily stressors that you, the patients, patients shouldn't have to focus on. Should mention, sure. They also pay rent or mortgage for so people. That, I mean, so that's, that's a their big one. crisis fund. Exactly. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The crisis fund they had had to put aside because they didn't have the money to help patients with the you know mortgage, like you said, with rent and um, with other really you know exp- utilities, mm-hmm. expensive daily costs. So. Because of the news bash, they were able to bring that crisis fund back. So our goal, you know, is to, to uh, surpass fifty thousand dollars, and that will allow them to help their, many women in our area. That's amazing. So. so at the event, other than your ticket price, are there other like? Is there live auctions? Like, what else is happening there as a way to create the fundraising? Yeah, so uh, we won't do any fundraising at the event. Mm-hmm. We do, you know, at the end, we'll say, does anybody want to give more? And usually people do. Um, but it's just a come, have fun, buy your ticket. It's $95 to start for mm-hmm. a, t- a ticket. If you're a survivor, it's a $50 ticket. And then there's the Mammogram Maven bag, which is a $300 ticket. And that is an awesome goodie bag of, like, this year, Wella is giving some amazing uh, products and there's all jewelry sometimes and really good products. So that's 
You just said Nikki's favorite word. I know. Well, one of my favorite words. If you said shoes or bags. Are you coming, Nikki? Shoes or bags. You know what? It's on my list. I'm hoping I can make it this year. I know. It's always fun and everybody wears pink, so the pictures are amazing. And there are little activities to do. There are photo booths and glitter tattoos and lipstick readers, you know, like they have the, um, you know, palm readers. These are lipstick Lip readers. Oh, lip print readers? Lip print, yes. Fun. How much fun? I know. It is a lot of fun. Um, Well, it's how many people come to the event every year? It's about 300. That's a good number. That's great. And we've had Dr. Biden, Jill Biden, come the past few years. She's not coming this year. She's a little busy. What is she doing? She's busy. (laughs) You know, but do you have a guest speaker this year? Uh, No, it's just the newswoman. Just the newswoman. Yeah. And then the That's enough star power. Well, no, no, no. I just meant, you know, I mean, sometimes when you're supporting a cause like this, you try to bring in other. There are sparkly people to mm-hmm. help um, raise the funds that you're looking to do, especially for such an important cause. Yeah. Well, why don't you give us once again just the 411 on yeah. how people can buy tickets and where it's going to be. And if you have not been to this event in the past, it is pretty fabulous and you must wear pink or else you'll stand out. And you get to hobnob with all those people. You know, I used to see you on TV, and I, I always thought, my God, she's got the highest cheekbones I've ever seen. Oh, really? And you do. And nobody's ever told okay. me that. That's so um, awesome. But Anyang and the whole crew, everybody will be there. Anyang, so. Allison Starling, Leslie Foster, Sean Yancey, Angie Goff, 40, 40 women. And right. it's everybody uniting well, for a great cause. Which is actually really exciting to hear that there are so many women who are in the broadcast journalism industry and how much um, they care. They, well, not just how much they care, but how visible they are now mm-hmm. compared yeah. to like 20 years ago. So yeah. it is really great. And you should be there to support not just them, but also this cause. Give yeah. just the Eventbrite, please. Yeah. February 18th, this coming Tuesday, go to Eventbrite. You can search News Bash and you can also find us on DC News Bash on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. This is Nikki Nellis. When we come back, we're going to figure out how to cool sculpt San Francisco feasting out of my body. We'll be back in just a sec. Hey, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we're going to go back to Clyde and John. This gin drink is yummy. Oh, I'm thanks. not a big gin guy because usually like the, the juniper taste is, you know, not usually, I shouldn't say it, is often overwhelming. This mm. is delish. Yeah. One of the, the great things about the new uh, Founding Spirits Dry Gin mm. is that uh, the botanical blend that John and Bob, our distiller, came up with it's so unique that it doesn't it doesn't overwhelm the the non gin lover, but it also is very welcoming to the gin connoisseur. So what you have in front of you is our strawberry gin and tonic, mm-hmm. that strawberry infused gin. So that's something that people can easily make at home with, with fresh strawberries. You just sort of macerate. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And then uh, just ice and tonic, and then we uh, uh, garnish it with mint. Can I ask a quick question? Mm-hmm. Just when you decided to make your gin, there's multiple kinds of gin, right? Like London Dry and Plymouth. Like, what? Which style did you decide to do? Um, we decide decided to go in the London Dry okay. direction because um, because to be competitive. Okay. <laughs> we 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 did our research. We knew what was out there in the market. But personally, I I really feel that when you you believe in something, it it kind of transcends. Mm-hmm. And so I have always been a huge fan of London Dry uh, in my uh, experience. So I wanted to give my expression or ode to it, if you will, Excellent. through this product. All right, great. Thank you. All right, are we doing something next? What are we doing next? The next uh, cocktail we're going to be drinking is a friends and family cocktail, okay. which is a cocktail built with our uh, Amaro and our American whiskey. Excellent. Okay, great. Thank we, you so much. We should be called Foodie and the Beast, but that's okay, Glad. Okay. <laughs> You're off the hook. All right. All right. So, Marvin and Candace Lytle own a med spa mm-hmm. that does 
cry well it's, I, right. the, the it's really cryo fat freezing is the is the um, cuz you know. cryo is a sort of a generic term because you could go like in the tank and do that cryo thing or and... you can have your head cryo frozen like Ted Williams did right <laughs> correct, correct, correct just correct. in case tell us a little bit about your med spa <laughs> Well, Radiance Med Spa has been around uh, here in D.C. for 12 years now. You're mm-hmm. at DuPont Circle, right? We're, right now, we're located in DuPont Circle for the last uh, seven years. Okay. And, um, yes, we're doing cryotherapy there. I um, like to refer to it as cryotherapy. You can put your body in a whole tank and uh, heal your injuries like athletes have done for years. But the mm-hmm. beauty industry has gotten a hold of it now. And we are destroying fat cells with cryotherapy on the body and we're also using it on the face for tightening and toning. Okay, so let's back up. <laughs> I know I need more information. So, when you go into those tanks, right? It's for 3 minutes. To, what is the process of a cryo tank? Well, that's to heal injuries mostly. Okay. And what happens? I mean, what do you can you give us the process? Well, for us, we we don't use the tanks. We use um, oh, you don't use the tanks at all. We don't. Okay. We don't. So we're targeting specific areas. So we use a smaller machine. Um, it's it's smaller. It's, uh, actually, can fit on a desktop. Mm-hmm. It has it's like a, a wand, wand right? Yeah. It has a wand uh, similar to an ultrasound machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know ultrasound machine, it uses a gel similar to an ultrasound gel. Um, and so we target specific areas. We can do um, the face. We can do um, toning or slimming with the device. But well, what happens but, to the face? Right. Cells? So what's, let's talk the, about can we talk what, about process? Sure. Yes, the cryo machine puts that fat cell into apoptosis. Okay. And destroys it. What does that mean? Well, it's going to. The fat cell is going to die. Mm-hmm. And over the next. Uh, I'll say 10 days to two weeks, it's going to be eliminated through your lymphatic drainage system in your body. Okay, so if I came in for this process, how many times would you come? Like, how do people know how many times they need to come in for it? Do you just do, like, my side? Do I do my whole belly? Am I doing a leg? How do what did you, I tell you? How, yeah. do you guys, <laughs> how do you guys prescribe treatment for people who come in who are interested in the concept? Well, we do a consultation with them. Every individual is different and has a different amount of uh, fat. fat cells that they're wanting to uh, right. get rid of. Mm-hmm. And so the minimum treatment is uh, three sessions. Okay. Uh, often, uh, the more you're working with, you might need to have five, eight, mm-hmm. even ten sessions. Mm-hmm. It's very targeted. So you can work on those abs. Uh, another section that's popular is the uh, thighs. Mm-hmm. Um, we do are able to actually do butt lifts uh, with this. and um, well, You better get a caterpillar, you know, <laughs> forklift from mine. But, um, yeah, but how? Well, I mean, well, I guess that's well, my wait, question. Wait, wait, wait. No. I, let me, I got a previous question, and that okay. is you, you get the treatment, but it takes a couple of weeks for the fat cells to, to you know, to basically disperse and go away. Mm-hmm. So how do you know how many treatments I need to, you know, to, like, accomplish what I want to accomplish if, if the results occur sort of a couple of weeks after? Yes. Well, when the uh, client comes in, we are weighing and measuring and taking pictures. Mm-hmm. And we are able to show, uh, usually starts off with a quarter-inch loss on a targeted area. Okay. Uh, say that's uh, some love handles. Mm-hmm. And we are going to do the treatment, which takes about 30 minutes, and it's very cold. Okay. And... Um, then when it's done, What's the recovery we measure. 
Uh, two weeks. So two weeks. it's recommended that the individuals get this service every after they wait 14 days before service. So are you okay. sore for two weeks or are you, you know, what are you? you just, can you go to the gym afterwards? You like, can do, well, once you, so we ask you that you stay away from carbohydrates, um, um, heavy eating, uh, anything like that before the treatment. And I assume two hours alcohol before, as well, two right? Hour, right. Unfortunately, alcohol also. Right. Okay. Uh, two hours before and two Cancel hours the after. Cancel the show. Right, okay. <laughs> I'll have a drink right, while we have that. Okay. Difficult here in Washington. Right. We love to, uh, we're always at some event or something. So it be, can be difficult, but just have to arrange your schedule for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you come in, you, um, you don't eat or drink or use carbohydrates before the service. Mm-hmm. You can drink uh, water, obviously. Um, so once you get the service, um, there's some manipulation that goes on during the service. It's The wand gets down to between plus four and minus four Celsius. Okay. Um, and it's similar to a massage. Uh, so we're working that particular area, whether it's the stomach area, abdomen, back of the legs. Mm-hmm. You also do uh, underneath the chin, get rid of double chins. Um, She's so the, looking at me. So, but is it better? Is this is something he and I have talked about? Because it's obviously. I mean, listen, we see ads for these uh, kind of processes, and they certainly sound exciting and sound a little bit like a magic bullet. So, my question is: Is that for somebody who needs to lose weight? Versus somebody who needs a little toning. My God. <laughs> right, um, right. You know these mics are live. Okay. Right. Right. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, do you, is it easier? Is the process better for somebody who just needs to be, needs a little assistance? Or is it better for somebody who, like, needs a little kickstart? I want to say it's not for the person who's uh, wanting to lose 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. It is for tightening and toning and slimming those pockets of fat. That are hard to get rid of, even so if you would are I running. Be you know, right or wrong for this versus somebody like Nikki. It's perfect. Uh, oh. She could get uh, a for lot me. of. No, no, <laughs> I'm not talking about her. I don't really care about her. <laughs> the, be- the beautiful thing about the cryotherapy is we have the options to do destruction of the fat cells mm-hmm. or simple toning Tony. and tightening of the area. Okay. So. Um, the toning, you wait one week in between. The slimming, which is fat destruction, you're waiting two weeks in between. And then mm-hmm. what's, so you get the desired effect. How long does it last for? Does it, do you have to cut, like, do you have to come in for, like, tutorial? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, come back in to fix it up, like, once a, every touch six up. months? Or touch-ups, it, yes, thank touch you. Up. It, it's based on individuals. It's based on your, on your on body how you type, eat your metabolism, you eat, yeah. mm-hmm. what you eat. You obviously can't. You know, go eat Big pizza out, every right. day. Right. Um, so it, it and your level of exercise. So it varies for each individual. Okay. So if you maintain your proper diet, exercise, then it'll maintain the the treatment. If not, you can come in for follow up treatments. And mm-hmm. um, so if you accumulate fat in that area or different areas, we can come back and treat you again. The fat cell destruction is permanent. It is. Yes. Interesting. Okay, and just. Quickly, because we only have like another minute. What, what is happening? Like, how does that work? It's a death of a fat cell, and and you that sounds like my autobiography. Are going to be <laughs> feeling that in in your clothes. The beautiful thing about the cryo machine is that you are the fat cells dying, and the skin is getting tightened on the area. Versus cool sculpting, where it's great at destroying fat, but it does nothing to tighten the skin around that area. Okay, so wait, help me out here. You okay. said cool scoping, and you do cryo, cryoscope. Cryo. So, 
there's a big difference. Cryotherapy. Okay, yes. so what's the difference? What is colscoping? Colscoping is... You know, there's all these terms thrown around. Like, people don't know the difference. Right. Well, let's Correct. clarify. So Thank it, you. It, it inc- colscoping incorporates cryo, but it's a technology. It's patented by Allergan Corporation, which uh-huh. Allergan makes Botox and a couple of other products. And uh, colscoping is Let's not, let's not trash those people, okay? No, let's, no. That, we like love, those people. We definitely, use, we definitely use their Botox products. Oh, and Botox. All, 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 every day, <laughs> all day long. Uh, are you great, open for great. adoption? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so it has a great product. It's just that there are several manufacturers of these machines. And okay. The, um, mm-hmm. So we use the general term cryotherapy to incorp- incorporate uh, the different other companies that use the machines also. All right, unfortunately, okay. we got to stop, but there's more because I, I want to hear from some of your patients, too, at some point. Well, so uh, they're going to be coming on industry now. Oh, okay. All so right, we've great. already booked that okay. uh, for you guys Perfect. to come right. on, and we can do Perfect. a Quickly, quickly, dies. where is Radiance in, in DuPont Circle in Columbia? Yes, we're uh, located at 1608 20th Street in DuPont Circle. You can find us at RadianceDC.com, and we are opening a new location in uh, Columbia, Maryland, Coming soon. All righty. Now we're going to switch subjects. Yes. Okay. Thanks, so guys. Uh, we're going to go back to. No, no, we're not. No, no, Okay. No, so no. let's get Sabrina. Sabrina and Chris, Chris up to there. Come on so in. Let's come on in. Sabrina Medora is the founder and CEO of Unplated. Uh, which is a fabulous website. Which is a fabulous website, not a podcast. What right. idiot said that? <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, well, Sabrina really goes out and connects with chefs, not just locally, but nationally, and really tells their story. Um, and then uh, the Coconut Club is, oh, thank you. Look, more. The Coconut um, Club A rocks. fabulous restaurant uh, down by Union Market. Uh, the uh, chef and owner, Chef Greenberg, really uh, plays with sort of a Hawaiian theme, and it's a super Instagrammable space, uh, and it's lots of fun. So we want to thank you guys, Stop, for coming in. <laughs> Uh, for, for uh, us. joining Thank us today. You. Now, you guys are doing an event. Given all the alcohol in <laughs> studio, we are now going no alcohol. We're giving you a little break. We're taking a break. Everybody needs a break. So tell us a little bit about why. Why are we going no alcohol? Right. So there's a couple different things. One is that it's becoming more of a trend to want to have creative, non-alcoholic options on Mm. menus these days. You know, it doesn't have to be just for the pregnant mom or the designated driver. People sometimes just want a break. (laughs) Right. Or the 14-year-old. Right. And mocktails are, they have kind of a bad rep because everyone thinks, oh, it's fruit juice and tons of sugar. Sugar. Right. And um, that's just not the case anymore. There are bars and restaurants out there that are putting together some creative, complex mocktails that are truly just as well thought out as their cocktail list. Well, so people who don't know what that means, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit, like, what what makes a balanced mocktail? Because, I, you know, in my head, I think juice, right? That's where my head goes. Like, I think, why am I ordering juice? I'll just drink water. But for people who are looking for flavor and something balanced— how do you go about doing that when omitting the alcohol? Uh, for me, something that I, I really like to do is add soda water to mm-hmm. my non-alcoholic cocktails because it adds that little bit of a burn, that little bit of pop. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with this one that I have in front of you is the ginger and juice. Uh, it's ginger, so it adds a little bit of spice, guava, lime, Plus and honey. Yep, and a little bit of mint. And then we top it off with soda water, so it's a little bit of a play on a mojito. Um, I mean, you really... I mean, not that I should be missing the alcohol, but you 
I'd be hard-pressed to tell you whether this had alcohol in it or not. Correct, um, which is also really cool about what we're doing at Coconut Club is mm. we have a lot of tropical juices to play with and tropical purees to play with, so you can really do a lot of things for non-alcoholic cocktails. Okay, without. on that note, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the event you guys are doing and cool. what people can learn from it. This is David and Nikki Nellis. We've been drinking all show, but now we're not. So we'll be back in just a sec. <laughs> All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I just want to quickly thank our sponsors because they're the reason we're able to be on the air. The folks at ProFish, the world's greatest sustainable seafood, Ivy City Smokehouse, Meat Crafters, Central Farm Markets, uh, fabulous uh, restaurant downtown Mirabelle, uh, and the Brasserie Liberté in Georgetown. Brand new, great time there. Great food. All right, so let's get back to you guys. Why don't you tell us about the event? And there's a charitable component. I know you want to get that out, too. Yes. So Unplated is hosting this event on February 24th, which is next Monday at Coconut Club. They're very generous to be hosting this. We are actually, Chris is nodding as you say very generous. <laughs> we are actually bringing together 11 bars and restaurants from around the city. So we've got places like Columbia Room. We've got places like Schilling Canyon Company, Coconut Club. Uh, Compass Rose. They're all coming together and each one is going to set up and showcase two of their best mocktails. And so guests will be able to come in. Tickets are $50 and they're going to be able to try about 22 beverages. Plus we've got bites from the amazing Chef Adam Greenberg. So Mm -hmm. we've got stuff like his awesome Spam Fried Rice. Um, But the reason why this is incredibly special to me is because of the charitable component, which is 15% of the ticket proceeds are going to Ben's Friends. Ben's Friends is an organization dedicated to providing support for those who are seeking sobriety, specifically within the restaurant industry. Interesting. Yeah. So what, how do they, what is their, how do they execute this? Yeah. So it actually was started by um, two people who are in the restaurant industry, Steve Palmer from Indigo Road, who does mm-hmm. Oku, Oak Steakhouse, and Mickey Bast. And it started out in Charleston, and it was inspired by the fact that a friend of theirs who was a chef took his own life because of struggling with addiction and sobriety. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition, Steve Palmer also struggled with those same things. So they wanted to put together a safe space where they were able to sort of bring people together, provide that support, provide the counseling, and just sort of spread the word that just because you work in restaurants does not need to mean that you have to rely on alcohol and other substances. Well, I mean, right, in yeah. the you know, our son Sam is he's a cocktail man in the industry, right. and uh, they they used to go out after work and everybody yeah. would get hammered. And yeah. he he stopped that a couple of years ago because he said it's a he said it's like stepping into a you know, it's trying to run in mud. And yeah. uh, what's interesting though is you know it's really targets not really targets, but there are a lot of younger workers mm-hmm. that are affected. There's also the millennial, you know, the millennials are the ones that brought back, you know, whiskey and bourbon and the, the in thing for that. <laughs> right, and, but it's the millennials know, who I'm are saying, behind this movement I, as I'm well. Saying it's yeah. very interesting. There are these two parallel paths. Yeah. I think we want to be in an age where we have the option to drink or not to drink. Sure. You know? But I think the thing that's interesting here is that not only do you want to say, I don't want alcohol, but I want something compelling. Compe- I don't yeah. want soda. Yeah. I don't want water. I want I still want to be a part of the fun, right. but without adding the alcohol to it. So now at this event, 
will people be able to sort of talk about this? Is there a, t- a talking component Absolutely. to it? So um, we will spend a few minutes talking about what all the restaurants have come together to do as a movement in terms of the non-alcoholic uh, beverages in restaurants and bars. But then we will also hear from Ben's friends to learn a little more about their mm-hmm. Uh, movement and what they do. They actually just opened a chapter in Washington, D.C. Mm. Um, and so Steve Palmer will be there to kind of talk us through that. Um, but really the most important part is, you know, we're hoping that people come in maybe with the mindset that, oh, this is great. I can finally drink without having to quote unquote drink. But also some people might come in saying, hmm, well, we'll see what this is all about. But maybe Or maybe like a out. splash of vodka would be really good in that drink. <laughs> I mean, I'm just right. saying. But maybe they'll walk, out. <laughs> they'll walk out thinking, wow, I might actually want to try something from the non-alcoholic section on a menu next mm-hmm. time, which, was, which would be the most powerful thing for us. All right. Well, so, let's, well Chris, well, let's just go to Chris for yep, one second. That's so, what Chris, I was going to okay. do, Chris. I okay. promise. So, Chris, you're doing both. You yep. make regular cocktails and you make uh, non-alcoholic cocktails, and I'm sure you make low ABV ones as well. Yep. So when you're playing with them, how? What? Tell us what you like to do, and like what's on the menu now at Coconut Club that you're like, this is these are my three favorite drinks. So the uh, cool thing that we do is we do non-alcoholic versions of our regular cocktails, uh, and I think that that's really awesome because it eliminates the why aren't you drinking yeah. conversation that your friends have with you, mm. um, and. For us, like we do a non-alcoholic. I feel like that's a younger thing. I think so. I don't think I would ever say to any of my friends, "Why aren't you drinking?" No, they're I all got, drunk. I got it on my birthday. I got, yeah. Did you really? Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. But the fun thing about being a bartender is I get to call people out on it. Just like peer pressure isn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that's right. don't there bully. Is all no that bullies. Um, all right, so we've got to move on. Once again, tell us the the nitty gritty yes. on the event. So come join us at Coconut Club on Monday, February twenty fourth. You can find tickets on Eventbrite and Festi. They are fifty dollars, and you will be benefiting a wonderful cause. Great. Ben's and I do have to say, Chris Chapman is a spitting image of Frank O'Harris when he was young and vital. Okay, and there I he is. No <laughs> idea. What all right, John and Clyde, we're going to wrap up with you guys. Okay. Talk about. I mean, What's first your of all, next? huh? They oh. put his, oh, what they put did you just say? Uh, do you guys like? Do you play chemist at the at the distillery? I mean, are you like saying, you know, what would happen if we tried this, mm-hmm. and what would happen? Is it still too new to be doing that? No, or? It's still, there's still a lot of alchemy involved in it, and we're trying to always discover new things and find out uh, new things, and also see the new trends. Um, what we have for you right now is our cocktail that we call Friends and Family, which is it's it's called the Nikki. Right? <laughs> no, 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 Foodie and the Beast. Foodie and the Beast. Yeah, yeah, Foodie and the Beast. Yeah. It's called John. Nikki. <laughs> David, David and his yeah. co-host. Is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David and the other girl. <laughs> Not the other girl. Never mind. <laughs> so this is a Friends and Family. Um, it's a drink that we kind of share with each other. When we're in the distiller, talking about new ideas and something we want to, uh, when we share with our friends and family when they're at the bar and want to provide them a new experience, uh, more of like a ritual type of spirit. Um, it's made of our American whiskey and well, our you could run Amaro. A jet on this, and this will not be served at the event. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely, it's definitely so a foolproof spirit. Whiskey takes a while, right? Yes, yes. So our whiskey is raised aged for a minimum of two years. Okay. Um, so yes, this is the whiskey for bourbon, particularly. Mm-hmm. It has to be at least fifty-one percent corn. Mm-hmm. Has to be aged in a, a new American oak barrel. We use Whoa. used barrels, so that's why we can't call it bourbon, but it's a we call it American whiskey because we don't use uh, new barrels. Okay. And what about the Amaro? Oh, uh, the Amaro. That's uh, that's my, that's my baby. That's. Um, 
Yeah, Tomorrow was it called Arroyo? Then? <laughs> it is called Arroyo. It's called this is Arroyo. Yeah, it's Arroyo's never bitter. Um, yeah, so just bitter about a lot of things. Yeah. Folks. I can tell you, it's not about this tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, just to be succinct about it, I was traveling uh, in Europe a lot of, about four or five years ago, and I picked up on this idea that's very you know everyone does in in the old world, which is. A little something before you eat and a little something after you eat. Digestivos. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, I had a very savory meal in Spain one day. And the grandfather of this vineyard I was staying at brought out a little bit of his own tomorrow. And it was a combination of the gesture of hospitality, but also how I felt afterwards where I was like, you know what? Why don't we do this right. in America? So this Why was am I taking a modium when I can drink tomorrow. <laughs> right. Exactly. So my goal was to create a gateway tomorrow, if you will, to the... Uh, you know, to the American palate. Excellent. All right. So last question. We've got like 10 seconds. Do you guys do distillery tours and yes. classes and all yes. that? Free tours every Saturday at 600 Mass Avenue Northwest. Awesome. All right, all right, guys. Thanks so much. So that's it. Uh, everything you heard about the show today, you can find on Nikki's website, thelistareyouwanted.com. Follow her on Instagram. Okay, let me jump WTOP, in. WTOP, and okay. she's taking over Yes, now. I am now taking over. So I want to thank all of my guests for joining us in studio today. I mean, you learned a lot. You learned how to drink and how not to drink, and you also learned how to get rid of um, some of those other things that drinking Blubber. can put on your body. Uh, and some really great causes as well. So always go to thelistareyouwanted.com. We list every food and wine event going on in the D.C. metro area. You can follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can find out more about all the things we talked about today. Next week's show is going to be equally delicious. Amy Riolo is coming in studio. We were just with her on Friday night it's at Stalina. Mamma um, mia. She is taking, she, she is taking trips to Calabria and Piemonte, and she's going to tell us all about it. Of course, there'll be other terrific people in studio. We want to thank you all once again for joining us. Everybody, please have a delicious week.